and I can draw all over this, right? And people can yes. see. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can deface the 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 map of uh, where uh, is this? Um, <laughs> this this is the New River Valley. I'm going to say, big nerds. Hokey, 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 high down with oh, tech. Teach him. VMI. Listen, I we we get this shit on Virginia Tech in this podcast. I'm oh, excited. God. Garbage school for garbage people. <laughs> The one guy in high school I went to high school with who went to v, uh, tech is possibly one of the most egregious examples of trash I've ever met. Okay. Oh, you just cut out for a second, so I did. Do yeah. we have Liam? Do we not have Liam? Are you fucking kidding me? What? No, I can hear Liam. So can I. I okay, well, it's my fault then. I yeah. cannot hear Liam. All right, this is gonna be fun, baby. Have I muted Liam? That's the most <laughs> insulting thing I've ever done. If you I have, piece uh, of shit. I literally have mute. I have server muted Liam. <laughs> wow, <laughs> on, go fuck I'm yourself. So sorry, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm so sorry. Are I don't you? Know why I are did that. you? After all the nice things I've ever done for you, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> It must have been the last time we used Discord. It must have been like Zencaster uh -huh, era, uh -huh, but like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, someone in the comments, I'm gonna make the rude comment is, I wish I could mute Liam, and to that I say, fuck you. Yeah, all you have to do is be on the show, and then you can mute Liam anytime <laughs> yeah. you want. Or you could just go watch a Do Not Eat video, you fucking pussies. I, yeah, listen. The, what, welcome to well, there's your problem. Fuck it's you! A, it's a podcast <laughs> with many technical difficulties um, sure. where we all um, hate uh, the listeners, we all hate each mm -hmm. other, um, we yep. all hate you personally who is listening to this. Um, yep. It's just generally bad vibes all around. I'm <laughs> Justin Rosniak, I'm the person who is talking right now, my pronouns are he and him. Okay, go. I am Alice Caldwell Kelly, the person who is talking now. My pronouns, she and her. Hi, I'm Liam Anderson. Hopefully not muted this time, Alice. <laughs> My pronouns are he and him, and we have a guest! We have a guest today. Guest! Hello, my name is Sarah Roop. My pronouns, my voice talking, and my pronouns are she, her. Alright, we, we, we've done it. Um, we've, we've started the podcast at long oh, last. Only 26 <laughs> minutes late, baby! <laughs> so, it's 29 minutes late uh, by my clock. Are you sure you're not four minutes behind? Oh well, we, my god. Well, we started talking. Oh. Like three I'm minutes. going to fucking have a nice time. <laughs> no, you gotta edit that out. You can't have that. Yeah, that's true. It's suicidal ideation. If you gotta edit good. me yeah, out, fine. you gotta just, edit just out. Dub me over with this. I'm going to have a nice time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like that. I'm so hungry. Right. Just any anytime we make an actionable threat, just dub over a, a thing that you've clipped out of me saying, have a nice time. Yeah, please yeah. do, actually. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. So, uh, what you see on the screen in front of you is a satellite image of the New River Valley, which Sarah is has come on to talk about today. We're going to talk about a lot of aspects of it and sort of um, uh, inequalities there and dysfunctional funding of schools is a big part of it. And, and what, what, what Sarah's experienced in uh, working 
in in one of the schools in this uh region right that's what we're here for right yeah yes okay okay i adequately <laughs> described that good <laughs> Guests successfully introduced. Yes. Right, us. Yes. We've made we've made it over the second hurdle of many. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where will we crash a bird? We don't know, and you don't either, baby. Yeah. That's right. That's um, right. Um, so anyway, but I, first we have to do the the goddamn news. Okay. Explain how. What's so, going on? Oh, these fuck chuckle fucks. The Pennsylvania Senate has decided um, to immediately strike down um, Governor Wolf's emergency declaration order uh, on account of that stupid fucking ballot initiative passed. Um, good job, idiots. Yeah, good job, idiots. Um, and uh, so now the. Um, now it's illegal for restaurants in Pennsylvania to serve uh, to-go cocktails or to serve alcohol outdoors. Ugh. <laughs> Don't all restaurants have to be outdoors now? Yes. So, but it's also it's illegal Pennsylvania for them is a dry be. state once again. Yes. Yeah, basically. Cool. You're like a you're like a more boring Utah now. This shit sucks ass. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll make us install like the big what? What's the thing they put the on the bar? Zion curtain. The Zion yes. curtain. Yeah. <laughs> the, it, it's an incredible snub if you're uh, uh, by the Republicans to small business owners, which I think is is very funny in a way, but also it's annoying because you know um, alcohol is now illegal in Pennsylvania. Um, what what you've got to do is you've got to go for the kind of legislative competence that the Republic of Ireland has, where they accidentally made all drugs legal for about a day until they could fix it by poorly drafting a law that was going to like legalize. I think it was like they were going to legalize MDMA, they were going to legalize ecstasy, and then like they inadvertently made all drugs legal. I would have just kept so, yeah, it like just, that. Didn't they also yeah. accidentally fund public housing? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. I think by this point I'm starting to believe that if you want uh like a a public body to do something, your only hope is to like wait for them to fuck up and do it by accident. Yep. Yeah, you give them like 12 Guinnesses, you know, every single legislator, <laughs> and then they come out of the 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 chamber the next day and they've accidentally Brought through full communism. I mean, this is hell, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> this was Lenin's one move in the palace of the mm -hmm. Soviets. Yes, works every time. You get that vodka flowing. Well, you know, I mean, uh, the Duma was probably not full of uh, uh, teetotalers. I, I, I can no. say that. No, um, <laughs> but now that now that alcohol is illegal in Pennsylvania, I guess that's not going to happen here. Thanks for nothing, no. dickheads. Yeah. Very sad. Well, Very sad. We're go you're going back to your, like, uh, Puritan Quaker roots, though, which is... Wait, Quakers... Quakers Puritans? No. No, I'm, no. I'm they are like, I was, mix I was mixing yeah. the two together yeah. as part of the sort of, like, general disdain for uh, nonconformist religion uh, that, like, led people to move to the eastern United States and uh, then like cheat people on their treaties and stuff. Amish, Quaker, Mennonite, Mormons. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Menace that must be stopped. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, I I only put in one one goddamn news. That's probably for the best, considering we are twenty six minutes late. Okay, let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's oh. do it. Let's go. Let's go. This is beautiful. What is this? this? The new this... river valley. Yes. It's beautiful. Um, yes. You're beautiful. Oh. I think it's like the oldest river in the world, or the second oldest. Yes. And it uh it runs north instead of south, which is unusual for a river. Huh, and it's 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 funny because it's the oldest river in the world, and they call it the New River. <laughs> it's not even close, according to Wikipedia. Really, it's third, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> How wrong it, am I? Um, oh, it's seventy-five million years off the Fink Finky River in uh, Australia is the oldest. The New River and the Susquehanna are basically tied. Hmm. Ooh, they're older than the Atlantic Ocean people. Uh yeah, wow. that's, that's that's always that a possible. Well, Pangea, Pangea, Sarah, Daw. That, that's always that's always the fun one. Is uh uh you know what what is Appalachia? You know how far does it go? The International Appalachian Trail. They have that now. Uh you know it goes all the way to Spain. It also goes through Glasgow. So that means <laughs> Alice Caldwell Kelly is a person of Appalachia. A P O A. That's right. Yes. Oh, listen, listen, Scotland is Appalachia, Glasgow is Philadelphia. Uh, all of this stuff, like, it has been linked, irrespective of continental drift, both spiritually and geographically. Yes, also, uh, and that's that's why. Yeah, that's why we do the podcast. Mm -hmm. Does this mean we can through hike to get MDMA? <laughs> <laughs> if you're feeling brave enough, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I have a trail name as I'm hiking the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> What is it? <laughs> Underrated I love joke. Do, I love doing. I love doing yeah. this podcast because I can just hit you with a dad joke. Yes. You know? <laughs> well, I think. I think. Uh, I think once you get, because uh, there's no specified route for getting off of Newfoundland. Um, but, Swim, pussy. Yeah, I guess I guess you do. <laughs> we had to get get a kayak. Get a kayak and just go straight to uh, Iceland. Yeah, it's mm. a good idea. Yeah, do the reverse Leif Erikson. Um, but anyway, so yeah, New River Valley. It's an old river. It flows into the Ohio River and into the Mississippi, as opposed to flowing uh, to tidewater in Virginia. Um, sort of. I guess maybe at the end of the Shenandoah Valley, you might call it, uh, or that's sort of where it starts, ish, right? Mm. Um, you know, it's one of the earliest areas where sort of Appalachia was developed. You know, um, after sort of you know it, it, initially there was this thing in the Shenandoah Valley and the Great Appalachian Valley in general called the Great Indian Warpath, which is the English name, right? Algonquin-speaking tribes call it uh, the Mishimayagat, which means the Great Trail, or Ethelwunami. Nailed it. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the path where they go armed. Right now, you're not just using this thing for wars; it's for like trade and stuff. Uh, you know, but it's sort of a combination of trails carved by wildlife going to salt licks. Um, you know, and you know. Paths carved by you know uh, people trading, 
uh, unimproved basic trail. A lot of it later became sort of U.S. Route 11. Um, long after settlers. A massive downgrade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a fascinating drive. I will say that. Oh, yeah, you can go to Smiley's. Um, yes, the, you can, for yeah, which you're welcome. Yeah, you can get the best dang barbecue in Virginia. No, the best dang BBQ in VA, sir. This is true, yes. And they have beer flights. In case you don't know what we're talking about, Smiley's is a truck stop with a barbecue restaurant in it for some reason, and a full-service bar in it for some reason. Yes. And I ordered a Mr. Pib, and they gave it to me in a foam, like, gas station cup. I don't know why I was expecting (laughs) fountain, like, like, you know, like a soda gun, but I did not get that. I was just like, I bet if I asked real nice, she would pour three shots into this for me. Hell yes. And of course, we don't know, but it's entirely possible that indigenous peoples had their own smileys along this this piece of infrastructure. <laughs> a good point. Yeah, i I don't know, I don't I don't know anything about Native American cooking. Um, a lot of fry breads, which well, is like good as hell. Um, fry breads are good like, as hell. Three sisters, so like uh, corn beans. Um, I forget what the third one is. Hmm. Someone's going to be yelling at me in the comments for not remembering squash. Yeah, 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 squash. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it's probably like too far north for stuff like uh, Tomasos, right? But like... Yeah, yeah. Um, you say tomato yeah, too. I, yeah, tomato. Tomato. Yeah. You said tomato and it bothered me when we saw you. Oh boy. <laughs> Alice does it. She she gets an exemption. Yeah, because I have I have I have, I have the normal accent. That's because we never we never talked about tomatoes on the show before. <laughs> yeah, well, there's your problem. The tomato. Yeah, now there's now yeah. there's an uh, ir- irresolvable divide between the hosts. <laughs> you know we can't fire you. <laughs> I know. You know, so eventually, you know, settlers come in. Uh, Daniel Boone, Daniel Boone fi- finds a. Goes through the Cumberland Gap and proves the roads. People start settling. Then they find coal. See the guy with the hat? The raccoon hat? He's the guy with the raccoon hat, yes. Raccoon. Mm. Jesus, fuck. What kind of sociopath makes a raccoon into a hat? Daniel Boone, weren't you listening? <laughs> Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone, yes. Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. And Davy Crockett came through, too. Yeah. Yeah. So you got coal, that means you can have railroads? Um, <laughs> like wildly swinging through wildly about a hundred swinging. years of history. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna skip over this because we want to get to the meat of it. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So you know you have a you, you wind up with a, a very rapidly start building up an infrastructure based around extraction of resources. Um, you know, and and this is this is sort of uh you know it's it the the whole purpose of these railroads is to bring Coal to that port, proposed railroads port. for Africa map. Holy shit! Well, I think this is a good a good parallel, I guess. Um, mm. You know, so if, if if you're listening on audio, you don't have the slide up in front of you. I have a map of the Norfolk and Western Railroad, and then a map of existing railroads in Africa versus proposed railroads in Africa. Sort of like, and also a map of railroads in India. Sort of talk about like. What's sort of like extractive infrastructure versus something that's a little more productive, right? Because mm. there's like, you can build a railroad, which, you know, gets people and goods from place to place, or you can build a railroad that does one thing, which is to bring coal to a port or bring timber to a port. 
do something like that. Yeah, um, bring tea to a port. Yeah, any number of things. You know, and and the 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 stuff that was built in Appalachia, it's kind of a a, a combination of both. Um, just because all the railroads are private companies, they didn't always play nice with each other. You didn't have a great integrated system, but you could get coal to Norfolk. Um, well, thank God for that. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, you have different patterns of development in like, you know, based on resource extraction versus based on something productive. I mean, you can sort of look at, um, I don't want to say it's like a one-to-one comparison, but I always think of like Africa versus India in like how they developed around the railroads or didn't. You know, because mm. India is, um, you know, has a highly integrated network, and um, yeah, and it cuts to, cut to like five thousand British people going, "You're welcome," and you know, waggling our eyebrows I, until we're all was, fucking struck by lightning, having like <laughs> pushed God too far. Yeah, one can hope. You, you, you wind up better off, I think, overall when you when you build infrastructure, which is you know, uh, geared towards moving people and goods from place to place versus moving everything to one place and then exporting it. This sort of results in, you know, a lot of, a lot of wealth is generated in Appalachia from, you know, coal. Lots of these towns spring up before the advent of the automobile. You know, they're very com- confined by the topology, right? Which means they're very dense. Um, there's like, you know, lots of tall buildings. Um, you it's know. weird to see an American town with hills. Normally you guys just sort of bulldoze those. Well, the Pittsburgh I've seen. They, they started doing that later. This is Bluefield, Virginia. Population is currently 10,000. Or Bluefield, West Virginia. Yeah. You know, the Twin Cities. The 12-story building in the background there. This is a six-story building. Um, or no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, this is a very lazily named bakery. The the bread man. Yes. That's what it says, though. Wow. Well, yeah. He's the bread man. He brings you bread. <laughs> what if he was just, like, named bread man, but it was, like, unrelated? Nah, his father was a baker, and his father was a baker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, like, you know, this is a, a sort of an example of a town... You know, which is it, it built around a the railroad. Um, well, Bluefield, West Virginia, was also built around union busting because um, Baldwin Feltz was there. Um, but you know, this is um, this is sort of a place. There was a big railroad yard, um, and because you know everything was based around like either walking or you know horse carts and stuff, and the topology was so difficult. All the development was concentrated in a very small area, right? I'm um, I'm yeah. so glad the Baldwin Feltz Detective Agency no longer exists because we yeah, still have to be. deal with we still we still have to deal with Pinkerton. Pinkerton yes. is on Twitter and they have a rainbow flag uh, profile picture for Pride Month. Wait, did they actually do that? Yeah, they they actually did. They actually did that. I was going to do that as a joke. No, it's a real thing. Pinkerton, catch it before the end of the month. Pinkerton has a pride logo. I'm going to put that on the screen somewhere in post. That's right. Well, didn't a Denver, like, Pinkerton security guard get shot at a BLM protest in October? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, he, he shot a guy, I think. He did, like, um, he, he killed a guy. I think it might like, actually be fake. I, I think it might actually be fake, because I'm trying to... 
But hang on. I will get to the bottom of this. Well, if it's fake, we gotta, like, put up a fake one. Yeah, yeah. I think he, like, killed a guy allegedly in self-defense because the guy pepper-sprayed him. And, t I, I don't know, like, if some MAGA guy pepper-sprays you and you shoot them... Mm, no, it's real. On the other hand, it's, it's a Pinkerton, real. and... It's real. Yeah. I, think it's it'd real. Be, I think it'd be funny if, like, uh, Pinkerton Detective Agency was, like, you know, really, really pro BLM in one of those weird moral gambits they have. Like Pinkerton <laughs> was really, really anti-slavery. There was a bunch of Pinkertons in John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, they do have the black choice. and the brown stripe in their pride flag. Wow. So who's who's to say? They're strong, right? Don't don't do that, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, so you got these these small, tight towns, you know, you got these, uh, you know, it, it, lots of towns claiming like they had the most millionaires per capita in like through the early 20th century in sort of this area. Not not great to completely romanticize this stuff because, you know, they're also full of horse poop and disease and bad labor con conditions. You know, people are being poisoned by chemicals. There's no indoor plumbing until late, you know. There's yeah, there's like millionaires all over the place. Yeah, that's another issue. Yeah, no, that's good because you can go door to door with the guillotine, more <laughs> strong guillotine. Labor activism must have been so much easier when the rich guy who was fucking with you lived in a place called like Surname Castle on top of a hill. You could just walk up let's there. Let's go with to a his fire. house, right? Yeah, you can just go yeah. to his house. Yeah, that's true. You just walk there. Because the boss has to walk places. Here I go striking again. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 are you gonna, what are you gonna do that now? You try and like even set foot on one of these guys' private islands and like this, a, a Pinkerton pride flag adorned like sniper nest is gonna take you out <laughs> before you get within like two miles of them. Love is love. Mm. Just scratched into your bloody corpse. <laughs> yeah, you you towns that had a you know they had a lot of money, right? Um, and you know they they were clearly capable of spending it on public works and like public services. You know, you got big big old bazaars, city halls, and courthouses. You got your big academic gothic kind of high schools and middle schools and stuff like that. You know, um, you know those are and, apartments now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they they did that in my neighborhood too. Um <laughs> uh and and there's sort of uh through through like the mid 20th century there's sort of a general collapse in the ability of towns to sort of finance anything, right? And I think it's it's not restricted to Appalachia or the New River Valley or anything, but you know, okay, what what happened, right? <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm back. Back out here. We're back. We're back in space. We're back in space. Back in yes. Space. space. Wait, it's all industrialization. It's all industrialization. I mean, we we talked a bit in. Uh, a lot of people like to talk about the decline of coal. It coal's never been the only industry in any part of Appalachia. There's still lots of timber. There's still well, there's still lots of coal, honestly. But a lot of the coal moved to the Powder River Basin. Uh, we talked about that in our Vulcan episode. Um, but, you know, in an area like the New River Valley, you see Blacksburg, you see Christiansburg, you got Radford. Uh, you know, there's, there's still, like, major employers, like the, the Radford Army Ammunition Plant, which they, they built here in 1941 because they thought if they built it far inland, it would be immune to Zeppelin attack. 
Has it ever been attacked by Zephyrlands? No. Then unimpeachable. <laughs> yes. You, 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 have, you have employers like Virginia Tech, you have Radford University, right? You, you have sort of a solid economy, but yet there's still like definitely a discrepancy between which, which towns are providing services and which are not, right? Mm. Of course, another mm. fun one is all these employers are exempt from taxes for various reasons. Well, of uh, course. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. and I feel like these like universities create bubbles around them too because they only cover like one county in the New River Valley. Like uh, Radford was like a women's college, and it's kind of a party school, um, and it doesn't have as much of an endowment as Virginia Tech, which is like a really large agricultural school. Um, but Virginia Tech is like where all the money is in the New River Valley. And like they have different zoning laws than the rest of the New River Valley. So they've basically forced all of their commercial businesses outside their town lines into Christiansburg and into Radford. Um, so you see different types of development that pop up too. Like uh, there's a lot more like mobile home parks in Montgomery County, um, like outside of Blacksburg, um, just because there's more workers that need low-income housing that's, like, dense because you have, like, the Targets, the Walmarts, the Lowe's, all these, like, super chain stores. They're outside of outside of the limits of Blacksburg where Virginia Tech is. Um, and that was done on purpose by, like, the academic class because they, uh, they want their kids to have, like, <laughs> a beautiful, yeah. serenic, like, uh, but they want, like, the Blue Ridge Mountains to look pristine where they live, but they're willing to outsource it to, like, the surrounding neighborhoods. I love the the dictatorship of academia. It's yeah, so yes. cool to me that we everywhere becomes South Bend. You know, yeah. us? <laughs> true. Um, I, I I moved this slide up because uh, yeah, it, it is fun to talk about the arsenal. Um, mm. the evil. Well, this was this was taken from a zeppelin. This was <laughs> <laughs> no, there there are no zeppelins. <laughs> 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 well, you can see it didn't make it all the way there. That's yeah. why we've got this like plan view. Wait, Sarah, Sarah, this is all you. You you, you made this slide. I'm, so I'm the Radford Arsenal is responsible for like ninety percent of U.S. bullets and rockets, um, and they also are, it's the only place that in the U.S. military that makes a specific type of propellant. Um, what is it called? I think it's like nitrous. Oh nitrocellulose, which is also called gun cotton, because basically you put these chemicals on cotton and it makes it explosive. Um, and uh, the arsenal was built like around World War II, and a lot of it hasn't been updated since then. So you can find a lot of like really like uh, impassioned military people being like, we need a new arsenal because it's falling apart, which is scary to hear because it's a uh, it's making propellant. It does explode every once in a while. Like I think there was like a fire like a couple years ago that killed someone. Um, but yeah, it, it, it apparently like the U S military, when the war in Iraq began again, they started making close to like 250,000 bullets for every Iraqi insurgent that they were killing. So, and all of that was being made in the Radford arsenal. So when we have things like coal disappearing in the new river Valley, we didn't see like the end of like, um, like industrial forces instead the economy started developing towards like U.S. militarism. And um, yeah, so the space at the arsenal, even though it's like the U.S. military, it's leased out to Bay Systems, which is a defense contractor that also supplies Saudi Arabia. 
Um, and Yay. The, yeah, Previ- <laughs> previous previous entrant on this on this show, BAE Systems. Oh, really? I have to listen to that one. I sorry. <laughs> yeah, the plant also like they burn off all their waste like into the air, which is a which is one of the only things that like upsets people because you have a lot of like because of Virginia Tech, you have a lot of like eco type activists, and they're upset about the plant burning off waste material, but they're not as upset about the fact that the plant is making munitions to kill Palestinian children or anything like that. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it's a pretty shitty situation. Like my boyfriend's dad worked at the arsenal for 30 years and I think he was only making like five figures. And at the end of it, he developed this condition uh, called PSP, which is like a chemically caused uh, like disease it's caused specifically by chemicals, but it, it's kind of like Parkinson's. Um, and there's other people in town who've gotten like cancer from working underground in the arsenal. And it's kind of scary too, because the arsenal used to have like these soccer matches for all the workers' kids. And they would have it on like the wet field in front of the arsenal. And uh, now you're not even allowed to walk over that field because uh, it's too close to where the chemical burnoffs occurred. So it may, oh, what a fantastic, fun yeah, what activity a way to spend for Saturdays. Yeah. yeah, just go, just go out and like, hey kids, you know what's a fun activity? Licking unknown chemical patches. What what, what if the Love <laughs> Canal, except that they were actively dumping toxic waste in there while the kids were watching? Um, <laughs> be like, hey guys, you want to see something crazy? <laughs> This just sounds like the, the principled, muscular, internationalist liberalism that the Biden administration is is so proud of. You know, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Only democracy in the Middle East. That's right. <laughs> what America? Yeah. Huh? Oh, I I was I was making a joke that that America was the only democracy in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, we should I just. Mean, Admit Israel as a 51st state and just get it over with. More or less, yeah. If the French can administer Algeria like it's an interior province, we could do it with Israel. Oh my god. <laughs> and nothing bad happened. That's right. Israel gets statehood before Puerto Rico, my god. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Israel becomes like a U.S. territory, but they have to put like passive-aggressive taxation without representation and shit on all the license plates. They're a federal district. Yeah. They knew what they were getting into when they signed the, up for it. The warfighter depends on Radford nitrocellulose. So, oh yeah, wow! This this came out from this um, military think tank that was like advocating for the arsenal to be rebuilt and. Uh, the graphic is like this triangle and it points to the bottom. It says like the Radford acid facility, which makes the Radford nitrocellulose facility. And basically all of these things, they're what power like the Apache helicopters, all the weapons that we use, um, Bradley fighting vehicle, Abrams tank. I don't even know what these things refer to really. I'm just like reading off of what the I read. Tans, That's Sarah, crazy. Sarah, sounds, sounds, sounds like a lot of US military power is insanely vulnerable at yeah. this one specific point. Oh no. Yeah. And think about it. Like <laughs> those workers can be organized. Like I think that they're represented, some of them by SEIU. But like imagine if you had like a picket or something where you're like, you know, advocating for it to be closed. Like that would be an interesting thing to do because you could effectively stop the production of all munitions in the United States and stop like all the wars that we're engaging in. Yeah, you you could lower the ambient temperature of the zone that we're in several <laughs> degrees. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, and all those all the workers, like they send their kids to the Montgomery County Public Schools. Um, you'd think that the military would have like special daycare programs or schools set up, um, but that's not the case. They're using the public school system and it's still critically underfunded, even though like this is the industry. Like you'd think that there would be like some sort of resources coming in from the US government if they have like the military like a huge production aspect of the military is here in the New River Valley, but instead it's still left to the property taxes. I mean, they can't even take care of people who are in the military. Th Th this is like, true. And have, have, having that much extra free market ideology on, on top of it, where it's just like, yeah, you're not like, you, you can just quit your job, right? You're not even like a troop. Why should they? You know, mm. go, go go to you know local public school, which is, I assume, extremely good. If if you don't, if you sort if you of, we'll get there. Like, if you don't like the conditions at this nitrocellulose facility, then you can just go work at another nitrocellulose. <laughs> That's facility. right. Be a rational <laughs> consumer. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, my boyfriend, he's he went to the school that I work for. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the public school, but it's in Montgomery County. Um, and that's that's I got interested in doing childcare because we organize a tenants union together. And while we were door knocking in a trailer park that had lost um, water during the summer, there was also like potholes and safety issues. There were all these signs put up everywhere that were like hiring caregiver. For $12 an hour for the public schools. And this was during COVID. So I was really curious about like what's going on because the schools were closed. Um, and I went to a, a job fair and like I sat in front of four different elementary school principals while they're on their cell phones. And I was like, uh, like, hello, I'm here to like work. Um, and I got hired as like a childcare worker for the public school system. And they had us inside the high school cafeteria with a mixed age group of kids um, ages five to 11. And these kids were uh, given like a state mandated bag of Legos and like one thing of Play-Doh to play with. And they're, they were in adult sized desks at the high school, based six feet apart, all facing forward. Um, and there was no, there was no like instructions telling me what to do. There was no, it was like 12 hours a day, no breaks. And there was no lesson plans. Um, and eventually when schools opened, I went to, it, I, they had me working back in the elementary school as a recess aide. So I would like watch the kids at recess. And I don't even know which aspect of the job was more depressing, like working in the cafeteria or working in the playground, because I showed um, Justin and Liam the playground and it's pretty, it's pretty awful looking. Well, yeah, <laughs> it looks like a FEMA evac site. It's it a, little, a FEMA evac site. Yes, there was a FEMA <laughs> tent and it collapsed <laughs> under the rain. <laughs> yeah. We got, we got a picture of that coming up in two slides. Should I move? Should I move to the next next slide? I'm just gonna do oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if we if we're driving from where I live in Craig County to the school I was working in, I would pass a bunch of element two different elementary schools in Blacksburg on my way to work. And these elementary schools had literal like multiple playgrounds for different age groups. There were huge buildings, big windows, and they had racetracks for kids to like race little mini cars around with their feet like Flintstones. And this is like compared to my elementary school, which had three swings and a fenced in blacktop and the monkey bars that like were dangerous. 
Um, and so I started getting like really angry. I was like, why the heck? Why is there so much difference between Blacksburg kids? Sarah, schools? you could swear on the show. Yeah, you, you can swear on the <laughs> Sorry, show. Sorry, I'm still yeah. used to being around little kids. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I still can't. I can't even make myself cuss. <laughs> why, the fuck? <laughs> why are the schools so different? Uh, and yeah, these questions about inequalities really came up to me. Because um, like also, like there's no sidewalks around the elementary school where I was working. So all the kids, like, um, it's a, the school I was working in is a Title I school, which means that 40% of the children or more like live below the poverty line. And you can see directly where they live. There's like a trailer park that's less than a mile away and then like a dense apartment building. And even though those buildings are walkable, you can't walk. There's no pedestrian access because there's no sidewalks on the side of the road and there's no crosswalks. So, so it's kids literally have to take right the bus. across the street. Yeah. And you gotta, you gotta send a bus across the street. Uh-uh. And they do. Yeah. And like, there's no bus aids either. So the kids, get in fights on the bus which is like a whole thing um yeah Better. getting getting in fights on the bus that goes across one street and then yeah. like background <laughs> it's a real quick fight yeah, yeah I was about <laughs> to say, could, could this be a metaphor it. for anything <laughs> yeah i for capitalism right <laughs> yeah probably i don't know yeah. i just work here the, uh, the, 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 one of the things which I always thought was kind of interesting is just the lack of pedestrian infrastructure in areas which are, you know, sort of rural impoverished areas. Um, one of the big ones is actually on uh, reservations. Lots and lots of people don't have cars, but there's no sidewalks anywhere. You know, it seems right. like where they're most necessary. Save the res. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I even have to say shit like that. Mm. I mean, I literally can Let's just genocide in slow motion, but Jesus Christ. Mm. And so one of the big differences too is like the, it's not just like that the kids can't walk there. It's like, there's nowhere for them to play. And I found it incredible that when I started working as a recess aide, that the kids were only given 20 minute recesses. And that's basically the same as like when you're having a smoke break as an adult in your, in your adult job, or like if you're having a, a, you're in prison and you're taking laps around the prison break field or whatever. Like it felt like that's basically what it, the school was preparing kids for. Um, and These it kids like got to unionize. These kids um, yeah. <laughs> got to unionize. You, you like blow the recess whistle or like hit the bell or something, mm-hmm. and the kids just like, "Listen, buddy, I'm union." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't. You don't tell me when recess ends. I tell you. <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny. I call a tiny little union rep at an adult desk. And he's just like, we don't talk to management. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing crayons at you. All the new students are called scabs or something. (laughs) Yeah. um, And so also when I was on the playground, the playground was also not meant for kids with disabilities. Like I had this one student who was in first grade who had a developmental disorder. And like he went up on the monkey bars and he fell off. And in front of me, he literally broke his arm. And I had never seen anyone <sighs> cry that hard in my whole life. Um, and afterwards, I was like trying to tell the first graders, like, don't go on the monkey bars. But it's like there's no other options. There's literally three swings for 60 kids and like a blacktop. There's not anything else for them to do. So I'd have to play games with them, like capture the flag, things like that, which is a weird job because I'm an adult. Um, but it's like <laughs> playing with kids. 
Well, the good news is that there's nothing to link disabilities or dev or like developmental disorders with living next to an arsenal that like pumps a shit ton of chemicals out into like right. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. As yeah. we know, as we know, I I do love the idea, Sarah, of you being a ringer in like Red Rover, <laughs> <laughs> just like absolutely clotheslining some poor nine year old. <laughs> I mean, it happened a few times on accident because it's just like they're so small and like you're playing tag. It's, I mean, okay, we got like that. We ha I got like noodles so that they could hit each other with noodles instead of their hands, um, and they would end up like hitting me a lot of times. And you know, you just gotta take it. <laughs> Such is life. It's just yeah. instituting a sort of like noodle-based thunderdome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and the, so the one other thing about the program that I wanted to tell you all was like that the when I got hired during the pandemic to work in this full day daycare, I had not worked in the school before and all the students in my program were white. Um, and so I had assumed like, oh, OK, I guess like the school is probably going to be predominantly white. Um, but then when the school opened and I was working as a recess aide, I noticed that the school was like way more diverse. Uh, and that's because the program, the daycare I was working for wasn't free. So by, because it had a fee for it, like a couple hundred dollars a month, it like excluded all of, like the children of color who are like from the low income neighborhoods. Like none of them were in the program because it had a cost. So I was also wondering, like, why are after school programs for elementary school kids, like, why do they have a cost at all? And I don't really have a good answer. Well, all of the money that towns could be using to, to pay school districts for that is going into, I don't know, question mark? Cops? Nine-figure, nine-figure, uh... Administrative costs, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. We, we we had to, we had to buy the local police department like a new MRAP because they like weren't happy with having just the one. Yeah, instead of yeah. a bear cat, it's a bear cub. It's child sized. Yeah, our town has like a Susan G. Komen like souped out pink like cancer cop car. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> The, the worst, the worst variation of that I've ever seen was in upstate New York. A tiny, tiny, like essentially one of those like New York towns that's like a golf course that's incorporated, had an autism awareness Humvee. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know why, but it it was bright blue and it had the like puzzle piece logo on one of the doors. Uh, yeah, for for when their SWAT team or whatever needed to raise awareness of autism, right, right. before they shot somebody with autism in the leg yeah. for not obeying orders. Yes, well, that that's also raising awareness. That, that is, is raising thing. awareness. You're right. You will probably be very aware of the you got shot of, yeah. of yeah. people with autism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our heroes in blue, ladies and gentlemen, causing a national mm -hmm. incident. Yes, that will raise awareness of autism because. Very few people are aware of the concept of autism. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so if you go to the well, if you go to the next slide, Alice can see the picture okay. of the playground. Yes. It looks like Why is there an exit I sign, love, Sarah? I, I love Dashcon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So if for the people who are listening, this is inside the FEMA tent um, that kids were supposed to be able to eat in for if their parents requested to like have them eat outside during the pandemic. 
And as far as I know, all the kids who requested that ate inside the cafeteria anyway. But like this, yeah, it has an exit sign inside the FEMA tent. Um, inside, no one mowed the grass. It was like up to our waist. And then wow. if you look out from the FEMA tent to the right, you can see the fenced in blacktop where I spent four hours in the morning with kids playing dodgeball, kickball, whatever. Um, and then next to it is like this like badly fenced off like plastic fence around all this like playground equipment that they've just thrown in a pile because they can't use it anymore. And then out, out of the frame, there's three swings and the monkey bars. Um, and that's all the kids had to play for all day, all year. <laughs> failed state it seems yeah. pretty yeah. like a pretty lame experience if you're a kid you know especially mm. if you're like you don't like you don't like playing with balls you know which i certainly didn't enjoy doing when i was a kid no what yeah. what about the poor fucking nerds yeah what, what are you supposed do? to do if you're I like, like us as the most athletic third of this podcast uh <laughs> god help me well i rode in I, high school I kicked. That was well, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Justin took the train even in high school. I got um, CTE. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm more athletic because I didn't get injuries. Listen, oh, I, I thought you said I, you rode, not rode. He did. Yeah. No, he did say rode. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking about the CTE. Yeah, you were Mike Rowe in high school. I was Mike Rowe. Yes, I was lecturing all the <laughs> other uh, the all the other students about how safety regulations are bullshit and also unions suck. <laughs> so this is what i did for the nerdy kid because like i had the same concern i thought like and this sucks because i had to use my own money for everything like the pool noodles i said i told you about i had to buy the pool noodles i had to buy jerseys so i could put the kids into teams because if they didn't have even teams i had this one student like when he lost lost he would just be like i give up and like walk home and there's no fence around the playground and like i said there's just a highway with no sidewalks so what he would do is walk up to the highway like he was going to walk home to like one of the like dense places where you can live, either the trailer park or the apartments. And I would have to like stop him, get in between him and the road and be like, please don't leave. Please don't leave. <laughs> so what I did was like I got like a bunch of bird and bug identification books and binoculars and um, microscope. Well, not microscopes. What are they called where they're you're in your hands? Um, magnifying glasses. And right. like bug catching things so that the kids who didn't want to like socialize with the ball sports, they could like look for birds um, or bugs. And that was a success, especially with the younger kids. Um, but with the older, like it's so weird that fifth graders are even in elementary school. because They're like 11. They're they're fully sentient. Like they have they're on TikTok. <laughs> like they're, yeah, this one girl called another girl pick me in front of me. And I was like, what the <laughs> like they have like their whole like Internet lingo is already like in their brains. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was the one thing I could think of was like doing like nature stuff. But even then, if you like, like Liam and Justin saw, like there isn't a lot of like nature to look at. There's literally yeah. like three trees. Yeah. The like the, the, the asphalt beetles of <laughs> West Virginia. There was yeah. the, the, ma the man mowing his lawn next door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The wild, wonderful. Oh, it's normal Virginia, not West Virginia. Yes. Yeah, so if you go to the next Bold slide... Bold to call it normal right. Virginia. <laughs> normal Virginia. So that was just more facts, but this, like, the thing about this that is most upsetting is that the Blacksburg is deliberately zoned, like I said, to, like, allow the academic upper class to have, like, a higher 
quality education for their children. Like their kids have playgrounds, they have racetracks, all this stuff. Um, And at the same time, it's because they have all the low paying businesses concentrated outside of Blacksburg in the town where I was working, Christiansburg. Um, And yeah, and all these trailer parks, like they don't even have like bus lines to get them to and from their jobs. So they rely on their own cars and things like that. And the kids, like, they have no freedom to explore because there's nowhere for them to go. Mm. Justin, you're going to need to, like, censor uh, the fourth bullet point on this slide because it's got the name of the elementary school in it. Oh, fuck. Whatever. I'll do that in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just if you want to put the like um the Pinkerton Pride logo over that, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of to a lot of times, kid these kids too, like they don't have like a good home life. So if they had public childcare or even like beautiful like playgrounds to play on where they could go after school, or if after school programs were free, like it would really improve just like their dispositions because they're they go home and they play like they kill each other on Fortnite if they have Fortnite. um but yeah like a lot of times like these trailers that these kids are living in their parents have been caught into these things called like rent to own schemes which is where like a trailer park landlord instead of like renting you the trailer he sells it to you but you still have to pay a lot rent on the trailer and this means that legally the trailer park owner he no longer has to do any maintenance on the trailer so like if you if your pipes burst below the ground or your electricity in your trailer busts like he has no responsibility to fix those things so oftentimes people will like run out of electricity and water and have no way of fixing it i really hope that landlords have a nice time have a nice time (laughs) i hope i think it'd be great if somebody gave their landlord a present yep (laughs) international friends day yes yeah, I think we need a cultural revolution for landlords. Intercontinental yeah. ballistic gift. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, just, just give them, just you know, give, give them, give them what, give, give, them, give, them, give them, give them what they deserve for being housing yeah. providers. A little bit of friendship sauce. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Landlords. Uh, landlords. Landlords. Lords of land. Yeah. Moving swiftly on before we get cancelled again. I was about to say, before we get killed by (laughs) the FBI or something. Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We survived that one. Yeah. um, Hey, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, how do you feel about landlords? (laughs) They fucking suck. That's all I can say. Uh, Our tenants union deals with landlords that are some of the shittiest people I've ever met. They threaten the women that live in their trailer parks. They, like, a lot of times in these... What's happening, too, in Appalachia that's interesting is, like, these big conglomerate companies are buying up trailer parks while they're on the market, and they don't... Now they don't even do repairs. So, like, they have one person managing, like, five different trailer parks that have hundreds and hundreds of tenants. Um, And so a lot of these people are, like, when they say they have to pay rent, they're like, I don't even know where it goes to. And I'm like, yeah, because it's literally going to a, a corporation. There's there's not it's even going an to BlackRock or somebody at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fucked up. Um, I think we should yeah, go to the like, next slide. E- even yeah. if you had like yeah. 
even if you had the one rare unicorn mythical beast of like a property manager who wants to help you, like if they have fucking five hundred people that they've got to do that with in a thing with crumbling infrastructure, when are they going to find the time? Mm-hmm. Ross, next slide, they please. Don't want to. All right. All right. Next, next slide. Sarah, um, did you put this in or did Ross put no, this in? No, this was me. Definitely Ross. This is me. Looking, looking good. Yeah, Steve Ballmer. <laughs> Steve Ballmer. Yeah. We, we, we're gonna. That talk, man has never blinked. We're gonna talk about developers. No, never will. Um, or development, which is you know one of the. I mean, we talk about I guess solutions to like um, inadequate like infrastructure or inadequate development in Appalachia. Places like that. Uh, it's kind of uh, like I, I am slamming an entire JD Vance book into my veins, and I am saying, why don't they just all learn to code? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, well, this will definitely help. What? Have you have you considered learning Emacs? Yeah. Do it's not learn Emacs. That- it's even frightening that the school is trying to teach kids how to code because like I walk into classrooms and these kids are sitting at desks in front of their Chromebooks all day and they have these like plastic barriers around their desks because of COVID. And so they're literally in office cubicles learning how to like interact, even though they're illiterate, like they don't know how to read or write. They're learning how to interact with the computer and like how to manipulate it to get information, which is frightening, right? Like we sh- they don't, they're not having a proper childhood and I, I find it alarming. <laughs> Oh, I hadn't even fucking thought. Jesus, that's depressing. No childhood, only code. (laughs) Don't learn to code. Fuck, I know how to code, and it was the biggest mistake I ever made. There's like this (laughs) fundamentalist. There's like this fundamentalist Christian education system called like accelerated Christian education. Oh yeah, involves like putting kids in cubes all day and filling out worksheets. It feels kind of like the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I concur with that. Oh, fuck. Okay, I'm good. I'm yeah. back. You know, I think, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're coming here as, uh, you know, socialists, right, you know, some of the stuff mm. you'd want to do. I'm a lib now. Please you're, excuse oh, me. You're a lib. <laughs> well, yeah, this, is, this is the kind of shit, right, that makes me want to, like, adopt a fully like bullshit educational policy where we just do all of the like insane shit that rich kids get to try right. for fun like fucking montessori mm-hmm. shit where you just like oh, yeah. it's about your feelings and you like assign colors to things and you yeah. do Alice, like you're right that is what we need like for kids under the age of 7 we need to have play based childcare like not whatever this is in the public school systems because Think about it. We have fifth graders in elementary schools and the Biden administration wants to expand it so that we have three and four year olds in elementary schools, too. And those kids are going to be expected like California Governor Newsom. He went ahead and um, at, he extended their their kindergarten to cover four year olds. And they're mandating that four year olds have three hours of education every day. It's like you can't teach a four year old. How are they gonna fucking sit still? Yeah, let them be fucking kids. Let them be kids. It's fine. They have the rest of their lives to be cynical dickheads like us. Yes. Yeah. If you if you if you all get interested in this, there's a really cool pedagogical method called the Reggio Emilia method, and it was based out of like this communist um, Boris Malaguzzi in Italy. He made it in after World War II because their whole town uh, was destroyed in some part of northern Italy, and as the 
the people in their town were rebuilding it, they were they were like, okay, we're going to use this rubble to build public childcare facilities. And so all the mothers in town were building it with their own hands. And he was just biking by and he was a member of the Italian Communist Party. And he got off his bike and he was like, what are you doing? And they're like, we're building a school. And he was like, oh, I have a background, like a PhD in education. I'll be your teacher. And he came up with a, this standard that's like, it's considered, it's like Montessori and that it's like in America, only the rich kids can ex- access it because those programs are like $1,000 a month or so. But it's all play based. Um, And it's also based on having the workers be unionized because in the public school system, the union that represents workers is the VEA in Virginia, which is a business union. It doesn't do anything for like the lower tiered wage workers, like janitors, childcare workers, special needs, aides, things like that. It, It basically only covers teachers and teachers interests. So like if schools were redesigned, like if we had public childcare in Virginia, I would say that it should be separate from the like elementary schools like we should have specific facilities that are for kids younger than the age five and it should be play-based and it should be worker run instead of having this like tiered system or like i had like a coworker like eating kids lunches out of the trash like because like there's just no fu- there's no food like we weren't we're not paid enough like 12 dollars an hour is like nothing to live on and our union like when we wrote a petition to ask for higher wages and for breaks like my union didn't even respond to that so like, I think like the way I'm rethinking it, all of this is like not to trash unions. I think unions are really good, um, but not business unions. Right. Those are different. Those are like mm, a bureaucratic yes, right. machine. Um, so, yeah, I, I think like the Reggio method is a good way to go forward. It's like the Montessori, but uh, communist. Or I'd consider you could be a freak like my mom and go to Quaker school. That's great, though. <laughs> this is the good. thing, right? Genuinely, right? This so, kind of like Fordist thing of like, fuck you, get in the cubicle, right. makes me want to like it's throw so fucking depressing, man. Literally like, any, uh, literally any idea you could sell me on fucking anything at this point as an alternative oh, to that kind that. of education. I agree with that, you, not, you could t- you yeah. could tell me, yeah, we're gonna teach the kids that like different foods have different vibrational energies or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like, sure, that's insane. Go right ahead. Here's several million dollars. You know, I I agree with you entirely because this shit's so fucking depressing. And like the the like I don't know. I personally believe like as somebody who really liked learning but really hated school. Like school, even yeah. up and until you're a teenager, school should still be fucking fun. Yes. Like I should yeah. like the the best project I ever had was shout out uh, Mrs. Kendrick, twelfth uh, grade English. Where we got to, we read Dante's Inferno and then got to put people in hell. Like, <laughs> that was amazing. Okay. <laughs> I, like, you know, I just, I, it's so fucking depressing to think about all these kids in their little cubicles learning to be good little wage slaves. And it just takes away childhood entirely and turns them into little cogs in the machine. It's like, we don't need to be this fucking cynical about eight year olds. Like, yeah. let them do some weird shit. Hmm. And that's why if like I, I cannot encourage our followers enough, don't fucking get a STEM education. <laughs> this is true. I, I would highly recommend avoiding STEM fields entirely. Speaking as uh, uh, as as STEM PMC scum. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, p- pedagogically, just f- you know, fuck around a bit. Do something different. Do please. some weird shit. I'm, do some weird shit. Do some weird shit. Do some weird shit. Yes. Um, what else on this slide? Okay. 
So you're we're talking about Steve Ballmer. We're talking about Steve Ballmer. Well, I wanted to sort of oh, talk drink about while you code. What the, I'm um, hearing is give the six year olds alcohol. No, don't do that. Oh. That's probably <laughs> a bad idea. You a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what one of the solutions which has been put forward for like underfunded, you know, public schools in Appalachia, among other among other among other things, you know, social services in general, is we need more development. Right. We, we what need, kind we, of development for who and what? Yes. Mm. Well, you need development. It, it, okay, it, that doesn't really answer my question. Increases the tax base and provides jobs. So what I'm hearing is hang the rich. That's not no <laughs> no that's that's not we development. Need, we need their money. We can't just we, kill yeah. them. We have to. You have them. no wrong wrong <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> I don't want to be on this podcast anymore. I will say, if you just destroy wealth, it is uh, equivalent to redistributing it, honestly, because the rest of the money becomes more valuable. Um, oh. Yes. All right. Fucking no. laser designate no. some Bitcoin mines. Yes. Oh, I don't like... That's not really... Okay. okay. The economics degree in my head is just throbbing yeah. <laughs> in rage. Mm -hmm. yeah, we don't have time to talk about artificial right. scarcity. So I, I thought it'd be good to like talk about development. I think this is relevant to especially Christiansburg. What yeah. kind of development has been sort of prioritized, right? Which is why and, and what's been built and why it kind of hasn't it's provided the results. Yeah. Which is why we have to talk about the Appalachian Development Highway System. Yeah, I made it about cars. Did you see that coming? <laughs> oh, is it, look at this! Look at this beautiful fucking cityscape. That is Breezewood. That isn't is Breezewood. It? Yeah, that's true. Well, Breezewood. Alice, we got to take it to Breezewood. That's good hell point. yeah. I, I love. I love to like. I, I'm so fucking aware of autism right now. I'm having so much autism awareness <laughs> as I try to process fifty different signs of different it's shapes so and colors, tight. Yeah. all <laughs> competing for my attention. <laughs> I fucking love Breezewood, man. It's the only place I'll ever feel at home. <laughs> All right, so some of the theory. How the fuck do you pass any single thing in this? Like, well, what do you, you do is you sort of come out of this exit from seventy and you go straight across into the sheets. Oh Christ! Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you can ignore then, everything else. Yeah, Roz, you claim to hate cars, but I have numerous photos of you in a Volkswagen GTI. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that we, didn't work as well yeah, as I thought yeah, it might. Yeah. Well, I, I listen. So he built, you know, this sort of interstate highway system, you know, and that's sort of, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a big, it's a it big sucks. system. It's, you know, it's, it doesn't suck. I mean, it does what it does, you know, it does it well. Um, yeah. The Appalachian Regional Commission decided at some point it would be a good idea if we built a series of highways, you know, to, to move people around within Appalachia. This is directly for purposes of development. You know, the idea being this is going to increase, this is going to, there's going to be more, more businesses. This is going to help the economy. There's, it's going to provide yeah. jobs, so on and so forth. You, right? you, you drive two towns over to go to your new job coding. Yes. And on the way you stop and you get like a coffee. Yeah. But like and in reality, it's, Pick you, me drive, you drive two towns <laughs> yeah. over to go to your new job at Walmart. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. 
or the Amazon yeah. distribution warehouse or yeah, what and, have you. And then, and then you work at the Walmart as well. You know, some people yeah. said we're building roads to get people out of Appalachia, you know, and roads. I mean, in, in terms of economic stimulus, I mean, they're expensive to build, but very cheap to operate. You don't have to pay anyone to run them. Right. Unlike, say, mass transit. Um, so, or trains. Or, yeah, exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of there's not a lot of direct stimulus. There's lots of short term construction jobs, minimal personnel who like are out to repave and salt the roads. It's good for contractors, right? But it's not. It hasn't been good for like long term economic development that increases the tax base. Um, no, and the, the like the <laughs> jobs that it creates have no job security because you're going to have to go across three or four different states looking for work doing this shit. So, but you know, theoretically, this increases the tax base and increases you know opportunities, right? And increases. Uh, City's ability to um, fund services like schools, right? Um, but sort of the the net result of this has been kind of the opposite, <laughs> right? Because when you build better roads, instead of um, instead of having nice compact development, you have stuff that really sprawls out. The result of which it's very it's much much more expensive. It's more expensive for a city to maintain infrastructure for a Walmart or a Target or a Lowe's than it is for them to maintain infrastructure for a smaller uh, business in a smaller form factor, right? Um, you know, yeah, because the business models of all of those chains are predicated on giving as little of that money back to anyone, but especially the local area as possible. Yeah, and it's it's it's. Okay. it's it's also about the physical form factor. You have more street frontage, you need a wider road. You know, you may be trying to attract um, a business. Uh, you, you, you may be trying to attract like uh, a new development in the form of a Walmart, and then suddenly they build a big parking lot, and that means you need to redesign your entire stormwater system in your town because <laughs> that's just how bad a parking lot is, right? Hmm. A lot of times the business is required to pay for the improvements, but that's, you know, sort of a one-time cost and then the maintenance is passed on to the city. Uh, so if you're like a, a town, like a small town and the Walmart opens, you might get uh, double tapped by the Walmart, you know? So like they build a road around the town, like a bypass, and then a Walmart opens along the bypass and the Walmart says, well, you know, it's going to be great for the town. We're going to, you know, you're gonna amortize your losses over 20 years. Um, you know, now the road is bypassing around. You know, the central business district. Everyone's shopping at the Walmart. The Walmart is, you know, requiring all these services like the big road. Um, you know, and the Walmart doesn't pay the same level of property taxes that most, you know, businesses in a small downtown would. Um, you know, and, and this yeah, is, it's a, it's a parasite, it's a parasitic right. business. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, and it sort of results in local businesses closing, you know, because the Walmart's more convenient. And now, you know, if you're trying to maintain a city budget, um, all of a sudden this is, uh, this is much, much more difficult. This Walmart that was supposed to be a boon for the city has actually just drained the tax base. Now you have no money for anything. Right. But this is all in the name of development. Right. 
So yeah, because now you have a Walmart. Yeah, no, now Walmart. you have a Walmart. Maybe you have a Sheets. You have you know a couple other things, right? Hey, don't and, talk bad about Sheets. Well, <laughs> it's been there for you. It's a pretty dark hours. Has this it is not? true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is Walmart. <laughs> I feel that, unfortunately. Yeah. And 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 so you know a lot of this a lot of the the money that's gone into development has specifically been to encourage this kind of business and this kind of development pattern, and it's a net negative for most towns and cities. Um, it's 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 hmm. these these places are very expensive to maintain. They require a lot of a lot of infrastructure to keep them running. Um, I think a, a good a good um, example here. Um, I have downtown Christiansburg and just outside of Christiansburg at the same scale here, right? Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Yes. All right. So this Looking is great. Uh, Christiansburg itself is kind of, they, they, there's a lot of parking in here, but I, I think a good example is over here we have a Hardee's, right? Um, and over mm -hmm. here we have a place called McAdoo's. Mac McAdoo's is a sandwich place. Um, and they also have a liquor license. Um, probably, I, I I think for for a, a southern, a Southwest Virginia chain, it has pretty good pastrami. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> um, that Hardy's parking lot is literally insane. Yes. So, I, like, sort of as an example, if you're if mm -hmm. you're going for development, right? You want development that's going to increase the tax base. You know, you, you have this McAdoo's, right? It has a, it, mm. It's on a little road, right? Um, you know, at most, you're, you're maintaining this amount of street infrastructure, right? Um, there's a parking lot behind it, so I guess maybe this as well. Um, you have a, a sewer lateral. You have a water lateral, right? That's about it. You have the street. You don't have any parking. So when, when, when we build out all this road infrastructure to attract, um, you know, auto-oriented business, all of a sudden we have something which is probably not providing the same amount of tax revenue as McAdoo's, which is this Hardee's, right? And we have much, much more road infrastructure. We have this whole sewer. We have probably stormwater drains, all sorts of other stuff. You know, and this is a much wider road, you know, and it's kind of like, well, all this infrastructure is now required to sus uh, sustain the same Save kind of Hardee's. business. Yes. And, and it's providing right. less tax revenue. And it's, um, it's kind of, uh, you know, the net result of this is you, 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 you can't have lots of, you can't have schools, you can't have good social services because you need to pay to maintain the road in front of the Hardee's. Maybe get a turn the, lane. <laughs> you you don't talk, talk to or meet any of your fucking neighbors because mm -hmm. you're all in mm -hmm. your cars. Whereas you get a sandwich and a beer at McAdoo's, you know, and then maybe you stop to get your wife a present or something, and you know the the florist because her kid goes yeah. to school with your kid. It's it's that sort of thing. It's not about just like because we hear men support small business all the time, but like you should support density. And yeah. less auto-based infrastructure, because the time is coming, folks, is, where I will have to put cannons on my GTI. I think it's, I think it's very... <laughs> yeah, well, you're just sitting in, in traffic getting madder and madder oh. at your fellow man. Well, I think it's very clever well, that, like, Blacksburg has 
managed to shove all the auto-oriented businesses into Christiansburg, you know, yeah, rather than try and deal with stuff on their own, you know, considering they have, you know, they have that world-class urban planning school there at uh, Virginia Polytechnic and State Insti- State University. Um, you will never beat Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You love playing Enter Oh, well, we we all play Enter Sandman and jump around when our football team comes out just to get wiped off the fucking face of the planet by Miami 52 to 10. Oh, and I like hot dogs. Fuck this, this fucking hate Virginia Tech. All this stuff is really, really, really expensive to maintain. It just eats city budgets. You know, you can't you can't have and this is sort of a slow motion disaster that's happening everywhere in the United States. Um so why isn't there like a corporate tax for maintaining infrastructure in Virginia? I don't think anyone's ever reckoned with the cost of this infrastructure, especially <laughs> since mm-hmm. a lot of it's kind of abstracted. Um, and, you know, local officials are not not like smart people. Um, no, they're also very easy to bribe. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's um, you know, pe- pe- people don't think that like maybe development is going to actually be bad <laughs> no because you have a walmart yeah. now and you you sell you you were gonna get development and you're dead yeah and the tax yeah. the tax revenue you know is supposed to be there and sometimes it isn't if, you if you're a mayor or whatever you get to like open a thing which mayors love doing a lot of times <laughs> walmart or come in and say you know we're gonna this is going to we're, here's the statistics they say we're gonna be It'll be a net positive for the city in twenty years, right? And then, you know, after that, um, I think I think I read today somewhere that the average lifespan of a Walmart is twelve years. Wow, we're bringing the jobs back yep. for twelve years for, 12 for some years. of you, and then you just have this liability for the city after that. Yeah, an, an empty fake, Walmart, an empty Walmart, yeah. Which I guess you know maybe you want some money, you can turn it into an ICE detention camp or something. Uh, <laughs> Failed state. Failed state. state. state, Yeah. And like, it's not like the McAdoo's employees or the Hardee's employees or the Walmart employees or Target employees are unionized, right? And like, if you if you look at like my partner, he's trying to start. He's trying to organize a workers committee at the local Target in Christiansburg. He does this thing called Target Workers Unite, and like all of his efforts have been like thwarted by management, uh, just because like, and like he gets threatened with. Like if he takes a photo at work, like saying like he supports the UAW strike, which is happening at the Pulaski Volvo plant right now, like his managers will call and be like, yeah, you can't do that. Like you're going to, you can lose your job, things like that. Cause like even showing solidarity with your fellow workers or like making yourself recognizable so you could walk around town and be like, yeah, I'm trying to start a union. That's like a danger to you at your job. Um, People will do anything to stop it. Yeah. Cause I mean, just on a personal level, you might lose your uh, your gig as like assistant manager of this Walmart, which is going to close in eleven years, eleven months, and counting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love capitalism. I love the consciousness that it gives us, and I, there are no problems. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's kind of yeah. it's it's kind of it, it it is depressing, you know, when you look at I guess municipal budgets, and it's like, well. Uh, you know, it becomes a question of, you know, we have to choose between police or schools or 
repaving the turn lane for the Hardys because the <laughs> drive-through is backing up onto the road. Um, yeah, and we can't say no to the cops because they terrify us. And you can't say no to the Hardys. So yeah, <laughs> they terrify us, but for different reasons. Different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> is the guy at the Hardys slowly rubbing a cheeseburger on your face? Well, the Hardys kills more Submit. people statistically, but Submit. it's like slower. The cops probably also go to the Hardys. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like your, uh, your, your like unholy alliance of cops and Hardy's managers. Yes. Oh. The, the, the real Yellow King shit. Fucking Carcosa, Virginia. <laughs> but yeah, I... Well, we're back in space. We're back in space. I, I just wanted to kind of point out, you know, this is uh, an example of, like, just outsourcing all your problems because I think the Blacksburg line is about like right here and all the big, big box retail is down here. Mm. Yeah, Christiansburg, it just looks like a giant strip mall. It's one of the ugliest places I've ever seen um, for that reason. And it's sad too because I like came and lived here because of the Blue Ridge Mountains and like hiking the AT. I was like, wow, it's so gorgeous. But then like you go into town and it just everything looks the same. Yeah, it's 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 incredible how how much you can do when you outsource all your problems to other people. And there are never, mm. ever, never, ever consequences. Oh my god. I, That's right. Yeah. Well, what did we learn? America is a failed state. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the United States military industrial complex is exceptionally vulnerable at one place, which is like only protected from one thing, which is zeppelins. Fucking explore alternative pedagogical methods. Yes, because fucking fucking anything is better than the shit that we're doing now. Absolutely. Uh, in encourage. Uh, join a union. Start a union. Get fired from your job for trying to organize a union. Call <laughs> some Pinkertons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Auto-oriented development is harmful, even outside of large cities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Learn to code. Don't learn to code. Too young. Don't learn to yeah. code. Do not learn, learn to code. It sucks. <laughs> Stupid. I feel like kids should have a right to not be online. Like there Correct. should be like yes. a children's yeah. bill of rights. That's like you have a right to refuse to like be online. You have a right to log off. You have a right yeah. to log off. Yes. You should be um, able to touch grass. There should be grass for you to touch in your playground that's not covered in ticks. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That is that that is that is a good one. Um. All right, so we have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. Okay. I had to split this one in two because it was long. This is already an array of images here yes. that we've been given. <laughs> Hello, well, there's your problem podcast. Hello. Hi. Hello. 
I am a contractor. Ooh, I know. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> For one of the class one railroads. I work on a safety system called Positive Train Control, or PTC. PTC, if you don't already know, is a very involved and complicated system to keep trains from running into each other. It involves putting a GPS antenna on all your locomotives, hooking it up to the Commodore 64 version of Google Maps, and then doing a bunch of very duct taped together feats of telecommunications to track the trains, watch the speeds, and do all of the train A leaves from Los Angeles going north at 60 miles an hour, and train B leaves San Francisco going south at 40, 45 miles an hour. Uh, math problems, which seemed ridiculous at the time, but now are relevant so the trains don't crash into each other. Cool. Okay. Yes. I currently do office drone work that is very boring and very physically safe, if not spiritually safe. But my last <laughs> assignment was a slightly different story. I did something called verification and validation, or V&V which meant I got to test all of the Commodore 64 Google Maps data before we put it on the trains. This involved mostly running around in, a corn, in the cornfields of Iowa with a $10,000 GPS system, trying to read timetables, and occasionally riding in a high-rail vehicle. See figure one. This is figure one. Uh... Now, figure one, you may notice he is in the pickup truck, and there's a train right there. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's fine. You've got right away, Gunner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> figure one is actually a very safe and normal situation, other than my flagrant violation of maintenance away operating rules 1.10, uh, uh, games, reading, or electronic devices. Here, we are waiting for a train to move into a siding so we can get track and time to move past it. The dangerous shit we did was either on foot or in the lab. One of my first tasks, after being freshly rushed through maintenance of weight class, I was sent to BFE. I don't know what BFE is. Bomb fucking Egypt, middle of nowhere. B B oh, big fucking... Okay. Mm, yeah, okay. To perform an audit of a subdivision that was about to have PD PTC turned on. Basically, they just send me out into the world by myself, double-check someone's work, and see if I had enough brain cells to rub together to be trusted for actual work. Usually, these audits would be done from the high rail, as we have to sit on each critical asset. That's uh, signals, speed signs, switches, derails, crossings, clearances, and milepost signs to verify our data was in, within the 7.2-foot FRA requirement. The high rail would simply roll down the tracks, pausing at each asset. I would check my computer and only have to jump out to get assets on sidings and EMT tracks. That uh, just sounds nice. That mm -hmm. sounds relaxing. It sounds nice. I want to do that. I want to drive the pickup truck on rail wheels down, down the line. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. I could collect 10 to 50 miles of a 200-mile subdivision a day this way, but it requires either having one of our own high rails, see figure two, yeah, it broke. <laughs> F. Or bumming a ride with a track inspector. Since I was the FNG and a big old dummy, I had not organized track inspectors to help me, 
thinking they would easily cooperate with me the week of. Uh, uh. What a rube. <laughs> with no local help, I decided to put on my GPS backpack, see figure three. <laughs> uh, Big honking $10,000 yeah. antenna. And collect the points by car and foot using loan worker protection. Oh no. <laughs> huh? Of the critical assets. He's just going to walk down the railroad by himself. <laughs> of the critical assets, only two are typically easily accessible from the road. Those are crossings and signals. Because... Uh, uh, signal people are whiny and they don't like the high rail if they don't have to. Most, <laughs> most subdivisions have public crossings every mile or two with absolute signals every 10 miles and intermediate signals every two miles. So, as you can imagine, driving 200 miles with roughly 100 to 200 stops in Iowa where the roads do not follow the main line is daunting. But since I'd already fucked up with the track inspectors, I wanted to at least do something to show my boss uh, back at home, uh, which is dumb. Don't go above <laughs> and beyond for your boss. Yeah, and especially <laughs> don't fucking uh, turn into Sam Porter Bridges Railroad version, you know? <laughs> so I started hiking through the Iowa cornfields, wearing steel-toed boots and jeans in 100-degree, 90% humidity. I was so sweaty and gross, my lookout slash lone worker form book melted in my back pocket. <laughs> so, lookout slash lone worker protection is a way for rail crews to work on rail when they aren't permanently obstructing the track. Basically, you have a guy read the timetable, determine the speed of train traffic, and then using the form book, determine how far away you are. Uh, how far away you have to be to see a train be able to safely clear the track. That guy is your lookout. All he does is look for trains. Now, lone worker is the same idea, but you guessed it, you're all alone. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Technically, you can't do anything that distracts you from looking out. Since I just had my laptop and GPS up and running, my reasoning was that I could step on the track when it was safe, and while continuing to look out, press the pass-slash-fail button on my laptop. I had done this for a couple of days, and found myself in real middle-of-nowhere shit. You know, lots of bones and fancy designs on the track, lots of coyotes howling uh, in the distance. Uh... <laughs> And I'm just walking uh. the track. The track was elevated with drainage ditches maybe four foot below the rail, just with ballast or decent-sized gravel making up the sides. It's a real bitch to walk on. That's when I heard the horn of M-Track. That's when I shook hands with danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, timetables tend to give at least two speeds, one for passenger, one for freight. In my part of the world, which is west of the Mississippi, freight trains have a maximum track speed of 70 miles an hour, but tra passenger trains are 79 miles per hour. This gave me slightly less time to slide into the drainage ditch than I had planned, 
and I got to experience an M-Track at full tilt, maybe 10 feet from my head, race over me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. To be continued. It gets oh. dumber. <laughs> Shake hands for danger. It gets worse? It gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> um, oh, my God. All right. Well, our next episode is on the Tacoma Narrows Bridge disaster. Does anyone have commercials before we go? Uh, um, I do, do a podcast called Kill James Bond. Liam does a podcast called Lions Love by Donkeys. Um, uh, Justin does a, a YouTube channel called Do Not Eat. Mm -hmm. Sarah, Sarah, um, give us your commercials. Um, okay, so if you're in DSA, support my child care for all resolution at convention this year. Um, it, it would give organizers like me an opportunity to build out uh, legislation for statewide universal child care. Um, also follow at VAC4A, which is the, my working group for DSA for Child Care for All. That's our Twitter account. And it's run by multiple people, so don't, don't DM anything. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for having me. <laughs> our pleasure. Yes. Please be normal nice. in Sarah's working group's DMs. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Alice. <laughs> um, all right. I think we did a podcast. Yeah. We did a podcast. We did it. Awesome. Against all odds. <laughs>